Hi, I'm Rachel England, and this is Brain Yapping, Battle Damaged, a podcast where me and my friend and renowned neuroscientist Dean Burnett discuss all matters mental health, because 2020 really did its best to kick the crap out of ours. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hello, Dean. I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm uh, sat in the cabin, which I have been doing pretty much constantly for the last 11 months. So, but, um, you, <laughs> you know. just live there now. Well, essentially, I mean, if I had indoor plumbing in here, I would probably stay <laughs> a lot longer than I do. So, uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's just, um, uh, it's it's what I have to do. And this is where my, where my job happens. So, yep. These are the choices that you've made. Yep. Yeah, man in a box so, That's my general occupation. I mean, I've continued to live largely in the house. Um, mm. However... Uh, last weekend, I went to the pub. I saw, yes. You actually, uh, for, for listeners, uh, uh, just, you know, I was invited. I just couldn't make it because I had to take <laughs> yes. my son to football the next day. So I went wasn't... to the pub without you, Dean. Exactly. This isn't Rachel just rubbing it in my face. So like... <laughs> yes. So, um, so yeah. as, as well you know, Dean, but for the benefit mm. of our listeners, yes, last weekend I went to the pub. And when I say went to the pub, what I mean is I sat in a car park. <laughs> And and some poor harassed lady ran backwards and forwards between the car park and the actual bar bringing us drinks, Um, which we we tipped her for very well. So, you know, that's good. Well, I know know we have the same sort of friends and uh, uh, no, the same friends. I'm saying like we have a sort of same sort of friends. Yeah, weirdly synchronised group of friends. We we, we we get them from the same shop, don't we? I I have mine, you have yours, but they have a (laughs) weird simpatico. No, no, we're the same people. But um. So I don't doubt that. But I was talking to my mate Dave the other day, and he had, he lives up in the middle of England somewhere, and they I think they they've had the option to do this a little longer than us. But he said, you know, they they live in a sort of kind of remoteish area, you know, like outside the city centres, and there's only like one pub near them. And him and his wife goes, well, we're just going to go there. We don't normally go there, but we haven't been anywhere for ages. He said, although it was nice to get out, they said they were basically sat in a car park drinking alcohol from plastic containers. Which a few years ago was the sort of thing we would frown on people for. <laughs> that was yes. that was considered antisocial behaviour and uh, scummy. But now it's like the, the height of decadence. Yes, a strange it is. Shift. But it's it's the height of decadence that requires like insane levels of military precision to organise. Because mm. obviously you can't you can't just rock up and be like table for two, please, or whatever. You know, you've got to book in advance. And still, a lot of places have like um a time limit on how long you can have the table for and that sort of thing so you know there's this constant like we sat in the car park and we're like right guys we've got 15 minutes left of this car park experience <laughs> quickly get another round in wow well i was gonna well, that's what i was gonna ask about today is in so obviously we're returning more to normal-ish uh, i know uh, mm. the restrictions are easing and people are venturing outdoors mm. and the weather's good so that's usually quite helpful for outdoor exclusive pursuits um but I'm sort of still kind of wary about it. I mean, if you, if I could have come with you guys on the weekend, I would have come. But I was there was still a point where I was quite hesitant, saying, "Do I do I want to go out yet? Am I am I ready for this?" Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I know I've gone through quite a lot with this uh, lockdown and stuff, so I'm t- I'm very much a different person, I suppose, in many ways. But I'm still you know kind of want to see my friends and things. Um, so yeah, how was it then? How was it you know to go from months and months of lockdown mm. to an outdoor social activity? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, I was I was actually hysterical with excitement, as <laughs> I've as I've said like a yeah. few times throughout this series. Obviously, me being quite like an extroverted, outgoing person, I really value like my social social life. 
and this this has been the thing that I've missed the most really during all of all of this. Um, so I was yeah ab just absolutely like a child that's just had way too much sugar, just sort of like running around the house, being like, oh my god, I'm going to the pub. <laughs> so obviously great, really you know that was that in itself was exciting and it, good stuff. Got to the got to the venue, which I just, just around the corner from my house. Like I said, it is a car park, um, and it was it was you know it was very novel. We was just tables, very very well spaced. Um, you know, if you wanted to talk to somebody on another table, you would have to shout, um, which isn't necessarily conducive to just like some chilled drinks. I mean, obviously, if we were talking about like three o'clock in the morning in a nightclub or whatever, it's a different scenario. But just for hmm. some chilled drinks, it doesn't work. So it was very much just like you're with your group. And for me, I I really I really enjoyed it, and I didn't feel uneasy. And I think that was just because of that specific setup. It was so spacious and outside and whatnot. Um, I am aware, of course, that there are other establishments where perhaps it's you know it's a different different deal, and and you know maybe it didn't lend itself quite so well to having lots of different people. And I can understand why that would provo like provoke some sort of wariness with within people that are you know concerned about going back to normal-ish um but the one thing i did notice is as happy as i was to be there was this like really unhealthy fixation i had with people's mouths oh okay <laughs> like <laughs> i was just sat there just looking around and obviously there's with our friends and um all of which you know have been 50 percent vaccinated now and um and all in reasonable health so felt reasonably confident about that but nonetheless i couldn't stop myself from looking at all of these people as far away as they were from me just looking at them breathing on each other <laughs> breathing freely mouths like open to the air and it's not something i mean obviously why would you it's not something i'd ever considered before but now yes yeah, suddenly i'm just super aware of people's mouths and that that was the weird thing <laughs> yeah imagine that didn't so that wasn't upsetting for you or distressing, but your reaction to it must have been curious, at least, or you know, sort of strange, sort of, oh, like when, when, well, you, when you realise you're doing something you don't normally do, that sort of takes you aback sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's it's the whole, the sort of uncanny valley thing, isn't it, where I'm like, wow, this is something that's always, it, people have always had mouths, obviously, <laughs> um, but suddenly I'm just super aware of it, and that was kind of a bit jarring. Um, mm. In that respect, I can absolutely understand how people... Um, who are very, um, you know, reluctant or concerned might find that uh, very off-putting because obviously for most people up till now, any experience encountering strangers in any kind of close proximity, perhaps in a shop or a pharmacy or whatever, everyone's had a mask on, you know, so there's mm. always been that kind of, that barrier, that, I mean, that very physical, obvious barrier between you and potential disease, whereas... <laughs> When you're out and you're seeing people just laughing and shouting or whatever, then you're like, oh, no, it's free. It's in the air. Whether it's there or not, of course, you can't can't stop yourself from having this thought because this has been the narrative for so long. That's the part. That's why I wanted to sort of ask him about this, because, you know, it's interesting to me. And I know the, the mask thing is particularly intriguing because you know, we are, <clears throat> as a species, uh, our brains are particularly sensitive to faces in general. Um, mm. you know, we, 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 we glean a lot of information from someone's face, their expression, their, you know, like their eye movements, just facial structure, for color of the face. There seems a lot of research suggesting that, what, you know, what color their skin is in terms of like their, you know, what the blood flow is actually telling us. So and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to that. And something I realized recently, you got pointed out that if you think about uh, you know, non-humans, 
like all furry species, like they're all just covered in fur, apart from the primates. We have full body fur, apart from the face. Every primate has a bald mm. face, which is a, oh, so, yes. you know, so we, it's not just us, we're like a lot of our subspecies or like our, our evolutionary group has, you know, particularly uh, relies on the face a lot. So yeah, they must have had some sort of profound, deep level influence on it to go for so long without seeing people's whole face. And that itself is just quite intriguing to me. And, but the thing, like, I'm not, I'm not a paranoid person. Obviously I've experienced serious loss thanks to COVID, but I don't think that was you know, a sign that everyone's doomed uh, from it as a result. Mm. So, but I'm wondering like, what's, what, why am I sort of more hesitant? Because I've never was before. I'm not like, you know, I'm not an introvert. I'm not a, I'm not a, I wouldn't class myself an extrovert like yourself, but uh, I've never been shy of socialising. So I was trying to sort of plumb, why, why am I reluctant to, not, not you know, even to any degree, let alone sort of, you know, stop me going out. And I think it's like you said, like oh, it's all the new rules to it. I've never liked having a schedule when it comes to mm. you know, being out like, so, Okay, I, I I usually get the taxi. I don't get a bus or a train home, which because I always find that kind of stressful. As in, you've got thirty three minutes left exactly. If you don't leave by then, then mm. you are. And I find that an like an ethna to the social situation. So I tend to sort of be more relaxed about it. So having a set window is a bit. Uh, it, it, it'll be always be the back of my mind. So I couldn't relax so much. Yeah. And there's also well, the last time I went out socialising was your birthday last year, and. Something happened then, which sort of like threw me. Uh, it, it had an extra variable to it because we went the first pub we were at, our, our well-known pub we go to all the time, and that was fine. We had tables sort of close together, mm-hmm. and then we transferred a bit further uptown to a different pub, which we'd booked out for you specifically, wouldn't it? Yes. Well, we yeah. just we'd we'd managed to sort of like just organise it in such a way that all of the tables were accounted for by our group. It is probably worth quickly pointing out that this was during a time when we were legally permitted. Oh to yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah we weren't we <laughs> no. weren't like having a big illegal warehouse yeah. rave or anything. Exactly. Cardiff is riddled with speakeasies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was all above board and completely yeah. legit. Well within the rules. Yeah, that, that was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to clarify that, um, but like we got to the second place and. Just turned up and I, I sat down on that table by the door, two seats with uh, my friend Adam. Now, I like Adam yes. fine. I think we, we get on fine, but we, I don't really know him that well. I think he's mm. much more your friend than mine in terms of how much time you spend together. And I said, I'll sit there for a second while we sort things out. And then they said, no, no, you have to stick, you have to stay to, at your own table now. You can't change seats. Said, oh, I've, first off, like, I, 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 don't know, I like Adam fine, but he might want to talk to someone else. So I've just basically taken his night away by <laughs> sitting here and like, oh, I felt really, not, didn't feel bad, but I felt really awkward about that. I said, no, maybe I don't want to talk to other people. Maybe he has you know, stuff he wants to do when he got here because he wasn't at the previous pub. So that was like a, an extra stress I didn't need. From <laughs> Yeah, so that's yeah. it. And that's that's a whole new element that yeah. people have to consider now. Like socialising is not a free and easy, like spontaneous thing anymore. There's all this structure to it. And mm. I suppose whether or not you're, you know, you have any kind of, social anxiety i mean it's it's just another level of consideration so if you are the sort of person that perhaps does deal with social anxiety even to some degree then it's just it yeah it, it could be enough to just completely dissuade you totally yeah and that's was like i think that was, that was just something i hadn't thought of before and and i don't think i would necessarily think about it every time at the practice doing it because uh, i've always been really weirdly sensitive to 
Well, again, what I think I, I think of it as the, the conversational feng shui. Like when I meet up with a group of people sat around a pub, I'm sort of very aware of who where I should sit to sort of not make make sure no one's excluded, make sure mm, they're like yeah, it's, it's just something I've I don't know why. I mean, I've I just have that na- um, tendency, I guess. But uh, well, it's, so yeah, it's that, just that, a level of yeah. empathy, isn't it? It's just being well, aware like of other so. people and how they yeah. might be feeling. Yeah, yeah, I like to think so. But then this obviously makes throws a spanner into that work. So then you got to you got to pick your seat now, and you've got to stay there for the next. 2.7 hours because obviously it's very well regulated now as well and yeah I guess I don't quite uh, the combination of rigid organisation and social interaction doesn't seem like a good fit to me it seems like it's, it's kind of jarring but also I wonder how much of that comes down to this idea of feelings of control I mean mm. I've like I've said before like I, I, I don't like to I don't I wouldn't say that I'm a control freak per se, but when I feel like I'm in a situation that I cannot manage or cannot control, for example, being on an airplane, then I get very stressed out and very wound up. Um, And it's it's similar to an extent, isn't it? You go to a pub to see your friends, right? Sit there. You can't move. And at this time, you've got to leave. You're like, I have no control over the situation. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to that. The, the, The sense of autonomy is something we fundamentally find really reassuring and loss of mm. autonomy increases stress so if you're going out to meet with friends and socialize that's normally an activity you do to reduce your stress it's it's a pleasurable experience you it's you know, it's how you unwind it's how you empathize you know it, it has all these benefits to us but then to add factors in whereby you know it's not as nice anymore and now you have to um take all these things into account so it, it, it occupies more of your brain space and if you're already someone who did find social situations a little bit challenging then having all these new variables to att- contend with could it could sometimes make the difference between yes and no when it comes to meeting up with people. And so I can sort of see why people would be more stressed about going back out into the world when things aren't completely back to normal yet. I mean, I'm not entirely sure they ever will be 100%, but I'm sure we'll get 95 96% back to normal at some point. So, yeah, I'm just, it's, well, it sort of intrigues me, yeah. I've, I've seen lots of examples of people on social media saying, you know, that there, there's a part of them that's kind of a bit, I mean, not sad specifically, but a bit bummed out that the lockdown and its restrictions are coming to an end because this kind of way of existence suits them quite well, mm. you know, and they 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 feel like they're going to have to go back to a life of, you know, making excuses for reasons they don't want to go out or whatever. And, and that's something that, you know, they, they obviously never wanted to do in the first place. So... I can, yeah, I can totally see why after all of this time when everyone's been shut indoors, we now have this opportunity to sort of cautiously socialise. Um, and so, of course, all people, you know, like me here are going to be badgering their friends going, come on, let's go to the pub. It's allowed. It's legal. Woo. And then there will be people that, you know, are, <laughs> well, are like, oh, crap. OK, God, now we have to go through all of this again. But it's not <laughs> only just that. It's all of these extra layers of complication on top. Yeah, totally. Um, and also, you know, I think most people are thinking about specifically the pub. And mm. one thing I'm sort of very aware of is that the more alcohol I consume, the less <laughs> capable I am of doing specific admin. And I think that's something to be to be, to be aware of. As in, I mean, like pub, pub crawls aren't going to be a thing for a while because I think, you know, if you go from pub to pub, getting increasingly drunk, increasing bureaucracy... Is going to be counterproductive to that. I think there'll be a bit of a you know that's going to be a bit of a limit on that. But again, that that sort of does 
it's something to consider and it's another mm. layer of control that you before you didn't have to do that now you do have to do that and that i think it also affects what you said about you know, people are reluctant to go back to the world or kind of sad this ending because for some people i might lockdown gives them a better sense of control like say they don't have to make yes. excuses for not going out they don't have to find you know reasons to blend in fit in with everyone else's social expectations so this does add up to you know more or less stress i guess what about what about looking at it in a, in a much sort of wider context then? So let's like forget about like the specifics of actually going out. But over the last, I don't know, eighteen months nearly, I guess now, mm. um, thanks you know to the magnificent management of this situation by our glorious leaders, we have ricocheted wildly from this is okay, that's not okay, you can do this, you can't do that, in out, in out. Now life's back to normal. Go out. We'll pay for your dinner. No, don't go out. This, you know, and so invariably it just got to the point. I think, especially around the end of last year, where people were just like, "Oh my fucking god, we just won't do anything. Let's just not bother." Mm-hmm. And so it's it's almost a kind of like a social whiplash, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so now we're being told, "Okay, restrictions are easing. You can go out again." I wonder how much of some people's reluctance to embrace that is down to. I'm just really tired, you know, <laughs> like it's it's been like I said, it's been whiplash for the last 18 months or down to people's belief that oh, what's the point? Because invariably it'll all change again at some point. No, that's really valid. I've, I think I've said this to other people, too. And then the idea of like people keep saying the new normal. Well, we haven't had a new normal because I haven't nothing's been consistent long enough to become normal like you say well, I mean, how, was... yeah exactly how long does something have to be before it's normal yeah but like the whole thing of you know one spit and twice shy is it yeah well twice now you've said i can go back out again and after mm. that it was a lockdown and i was a bad person for daring to mingle with other people so you know why should i trust this one as well um, I mean, you know, the, the numbers are there the rates are all down and cases are all declining and vaccines you know the vaccines are here now and that's probably like a very tangible difference in that before mm. We just thought it was gone away a bit, but now we have an actual medicine and intervention to stop it from coming back, which is obviously a, a big difference. But the, yeah, like, the, again, another thing, well, as loss of control is uncertainty, which people find really stressful, just in, in, intrinsically, something that happens at a neurological level, anything uncertain, you can't rely on your environment, you can't rely on your circumstances, that, you know, that's another big stressor. And for a long time, we've had uncertainty. I mean, I think maybe the five months of lockdown were unpleasant. They weren't fun for anyone, really, apart from those who seemed to adapt to the situation rather well. But at least it was consistent, as in, right, no, can't go out, can't do anything, stop. And, mm. you know, the, the constant changes of, yeah, you can have Christmas, actually, no, you can't. And yeah. that would have been quite jarring for a lot of people as well. So I think, yeah, there's something to be said for that uh, in people being you know, wary or, like, suspicious of the idea that okay are we back to normal again now this is like the fourth time how many how many back to normals are we going to go through before one sticks and you know some people might want to hedge their bets with that mm. and i mean it, it sort of trickles down to every other every element of life i mean we're talking about the pub a lot here because obviously that's a big feature for a lot of people and that's fine mm. but it's it's in every it's in every corner of your life for example i mean i i'm definitely not alone in there over the last few months or so i've just periodically been thinking looking at things around my house and going that can go that can go this you know having having a big sort of slow motion clear out for when the uh the charity shops reopened and i, I finally accumulated my various piles of crap that are going and i was like 
well, what's the procedure here? Can I, like, do I ring in advance? What's what's the protocol? You know, so previously it'd just be like, you'd walk in and you go, here's my bag of stuff, thanks, bye, and leave. Now it's like, okay, well, is it different? What are the factors I need to consider? And that's that's just such like a, a basic thing, but every every element of your life now how it comes with these additional considerations. Yes, and that's a really good point, yeah. Th that's tiring after a while. Yeah, yeah. It's only, it, it, that's a really good point because, you know, all the things we, you know, all the things we consider normal, we've learned how to do by our experience. Like I said, we know what going to the pub involves. We know what going to the shops involves because we've had years and years of doing that. And, mm. well, I know, I don't need to think about it. I know how to do that. And a, a lot of those aren't valid anymore, at least like not allowed for the time being. So we need to, reconsider a lot of our ingrained knowledge and people don't like doing that you know the whole thing of if you prove to someone that their deeply held belief is wrong they'll dig the heels in and stick to it even more sometimes the, the rebound effect and that's you know it's something to be our brains don't like to lose any certainties or they don't like to, you know telling someone that their fundamental knowledge is wrong is unsettling because well if i'm wrong about that that means my whole idea of how the world works is wrong and mm. i think that might be a big part of it too to say then well I would like to go out and do all the things I used to do, but I can't do them like I used to do them. I don't know how they work now. And that well, is off-putting. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's something else I was going to say, is the I don't know how to do them is off-putting. Um, not only because, you know, you've, perhaps you feel challenged in that things things have changed, but because perhaps there's some fear of doing it wrong. Mm. Um, like, so there's, there's this uh, Reddit meme loathed as I am to bring up Reddit that um that sort of does arounds occasionally and somebody had posted on there, look, I've never been to a subway before, like a one of the sandwich places, yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't understand what to do. I don't know how to do it and I, I'm too afraid to go in and make a fool of myself. Like, I know this sounds stupid. Can someone guide me through it? And then lots of people responded and it was, you know, generally very sort of pleasant discussion. And I was like, that's amazing. Because, that you know, if you don't understand how a subway works, it's just baffling, isn't it? You walk in and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Hmm. Um, same sort of deal. Uh, last week I got a, a DM on Twitter from somebody who noticed that I'd been to the pub. And they were like, I want to go to the pub with my partner, but I don't know how it works. What do we do? Like, how does it work? <laughs> you know, you can't just walk into a pub anymore. So I explained to them, and I was like, okay, you need to... Firstly, make a booking. They'll have their own procedures, but generally speaking, it's walk in with a mask, have your track and trace ready, keep your mask on when you're walking around unless somebody's coming to you and that sort of thing. But there will be a lot of people out there that just think, oh God, it's too complicated. And the stakes are, you know, quite high still. The idea of like COVID and and all of the, the sadness and loss that it's wrought over the last 18 months or so, even though cases are falling, that is very fresh in people's minds, you know? Mm. So getting it wrong would be, would be a very bad thing indeed. And it's, it's not a case of maybe just like looking silly, but it's, it's, you know, potentially causing damage or, you know, threat to somebody, to other people. And so, yes, if you're not sure what to do, then I can see why people go, uh, no, I'll just wait back until it's like properly normal, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, they're, they're, again, these are all, all these expectations that we have, societal expectations, are, we kind of internalise them now. Isn't it? Like, you know, 
well, most people have, and some haven't. Some never will. That's just how it works. But mm. you know, you go to the shops, you have to wear a mask. So when you see people without a mask, that becomes the jarring thing now. I mm. think with the first few months of lockdown, like everyone going on seeing everyone wearing masks all the time is kind of freaky and you know, like something from a you know, from a plague film or mm. you know, something like that. So, but now it's become the normal. You know, you see you on the school run all the time now. So, you, you get used to something over time, and I guess we haven't got had a chance to get used to the new going out rules yet. And I wonder if there's some part of like old track and trace thing of, you know, I got the pub um, and they'd have a nice time, but I know it's an indulgence. I know it's a sort of decadent thing. I don't like the idea of like the health service just constantly watching me and knowing where I am at all times. It's sort of yes. like, a, it's a really, yes, I'm in the pub, screw you. you know? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> what? Yeah. I had I'm that allowed. once a little while ago when I first got, I got a smartwatch and I went to the gym and I used a cross trainer for like, 10 minutes and after that it's my watch alert saying beep beep you've just did 10 minutes on a cross trainer well done keep going like, what the hell do you know like oh because my arm movements are really specific and i can pick that up that i don't know if i like my watch recognizing my arm movements because quite frankly that leads to a lot of dodgy outcomes well christ actually not too dissimilar oh, for, christmas, for, two, uh, for christmas my parents because the glamorous age that i am now got me a new electric toothbrush right like all hmm. bells and whistles it's got wi-fi and all sorts of oh, christ. Course, yeah. um and it comes with an app right so i set it up because i was like oh let's see what this is about um and it, it basically it's like it, when you brush your teeth if you've got bluetooth enabled on your phone which of course everybody does now because of the track and trace app or whatever um for as well as that worked out um it like it it identifies when you're brushing your teeth and then it does all kinds of like stuff are you brushing too hard are you brushing long enough all of that sort of thing anyway after about two days i mean like the novelty i I quickly wore off i was like i don't i don't want to be judged by my phone like how i'm brushing my teeth (laughs) you know what i mean it's bad enough that it comes with a little icon that you stick in your bathroom that like smiles if you've done a good job and if you haven't you know, or for example, say I can't do like the full two and a half minute brush, you know, I only make it an, a minute and a half because I'm like, oh God, I don't have time, right, that'll do. And then the next time I go in the bathroom, it's like frowning at me, for fuck's <laughs> sake. But yeah, so I got I got a notification on my phone about two weeks after. And it was, again, it was another unhappy face saying, you're not logging your toothbrushing. Wow. And I was like, what the f- Oh my God. <laughs> and my phone is yelling at me. Like my mum, you know, when you're a kid. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want my phone telling me how and when I should brush my teeth. Just like I don't want fucking NHS or the health board or the government knowing when I'm going to the pub. And I think that really sort of sums it up, isn't it? When I, this is something I do anyway. This is my normal life. And now I've got this extra factor of judgment and expectation involved. Yes. And that makes it worse. And I think that sort of sums up everything about the, this whole return to normal. Well, I mean, God, like, without getting, like, too tinfoil hat, and I can't imagine this happening, but a friend did sort of postulate the other day about what happens when you eventually have to go back to the doctor for something, like, oh, I've got a hurty knee or whatever. And they go through the usual, okay, well, you know, do you smoke? How much do you weigh? How often do you, how much do you drink a week? And you'll be like, oh, I don't know, maybe one glass of of wine in the evening and then they'll pull up some fucking data somewhere and it'll be like is that really true because we have this information that says you've been to the pub seven out of 14 nights last month <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah that, that is a concern isn't it because if they have the data then i guess why wouldn't they use it and i know it's confidential but that doesn't mean they can't 
talk to you about it because it's your data. So yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we, we've yeah. we've veered wildly off topic here. This well, is I, not I a conspiracy all, theory. No, no, but I think it's all part of the nice, uh, it's all part of the same issue. I think. Yeah. So I think generally uh, people say like anxious about returning to normal, but it's not normal. It's something new again. I think that's a big part of it. You no, know, there's lots of new rules, lots of new restrictions and expectations freighted with it. So mm. we're not back I mean, to normal. So no wonder people are stressed. I don't. But the thing is, like, what is normal? The simple fact is, is that we can never return to the way things were before, because mm. that was a world we all lived in a world that had not, you know, in our living memory, been affected by a pandemic. Whereas from this moment on, like history has changed forever, and and therefore it will always be a part of what we do going forward. So I don't. We'll never. We'll never get back to the way things were before in that respect. Yeah. I mean. One day we will be able to walk into a pub freely and go clubbing and all of that sort of thing. But but it's always going to have this undertone of, of what we've been going through for the last year. Yeah, we need to figure out what the new normal is and then mm. figure out how to engage with it. I mm. think that's the main issue there. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that sounds quite profound to end on, I suppose. Might as well leave it at that. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, I I am looking forward to seeing you in the pub in the near future, Dean. Mask yeah, look, or otherwise, whatever you're happy yeah, with. I look forward to seeing you just outside the pub. In some sort yeah, of no, that's rudimentary it. In a car pub park car park. Setting. Yes, yeah. absolutely. On a on a comfortable beer keg they've pulled out of the cellar for you to sit on. You know what? This may be the first time in history someone says, I'll see you in the pub car park. I meant it as a generous, nice thing, not a, not not, a challenge not to violence. Like, yeah, you, me, outside now. <laughs> car park. Oh, there we go. All right, mate, I'll uh, speak to you again soon. See you soon, Dean. Bye. Bye. So, here is the outro with the relevant information, as promised. If you want to ask us anything mental health related or would like to suggest a topic for Rachel and I to discuss, or even just leave feedback or some description, you can contact us via Twitter at BrainyapinPod, you can email us at BrainyapinPodcast at gmail.com, or use the form on my site at deanmanette.com. Like with most podcasts, positive reviews and ratings are always helpful, so if you are inclined to leave us such a thing on the podcast provider of your choice, that would be appreciated. Uh, this podcast was launched to coincide with the publication of my new book, Psychological, uh, Why Your Mental Health Goes Wrong and What You Can Do About It, uh, or some of the subtitle, all about mental health and what's actually happening in our brains when we experience problems with it. Available now at all good book retailers and some of the less salubrious ones too, not fussy. As ever, Brain Yapping Battle Damaged is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. For more curiously entertaining podcasts, live streams and live events, blogs and documentaries, head to CosmicShambles.com. To support the network, particularly during these times, and get access to lots of exclusive content, subscribe at Patreon.com forward slash Cosmic Shambles. See you next time.